What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solik, and Craig Horlbeck. And today we're going to hit every single player we think can be taken in the first round of next week's NFL draft. That wow. alone is crazy to say. First, we're going to do a mailbag episode later this week. So we're recording that mailbag Wednesday afternoon. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you have questions about the draft you want us to answer. Biggest questions entering the draft, whatever you want to know. Minor league baseball Most teams. Most medium questions entering the draft. Yeah. Small what do you questions? think the Bears do at 73? <laughs> I actually kind of like that exercise. Just throw no. out random numbers. <laughs> Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you want us to answer those questions. Go to DK's Draft Guide, NFL Draft.theringer.com. We got Ben Solik's quarterback charting is there. Team <laughs> needs for me, everything. DK, mock drafts, big boards, everything's there. Again, Nothing gonna... from me, though. No, Craig. Don't worry no. about it. Craig's just chilling. I'm busy. I got, I got stuff cooking. I got stuff cooking. We should have Craig just do like vibes rankings on the draft guide. Just like, Meh. yeah, that's pretty much what I do. That's what I bring to the show. Vibes. <laughs> We're going to do all the Immaculate, players going through the first round. But first, I want to start with just what the hell the Texans are going to do with the second pick. I think at this point, I have been convinced, whatever, the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama first. And now there's a whole thing of at first, which tech quarterback the Texans will take into. Well, will they take a quarterback at all? And we've got the rare Adam Schefter versus Ian Rappaport, where Schefter is saying, basically, what if the quarterback run starts later than we think? What if the Colts are confident that they might get the second quarterback in the draft at the fourth pick? So the Texans would not take a quarterback. The Cardinals presumably would not trade down with a team that wants a quarterback at three. So there'd be a fresh young first and the Colts might just pick one at four. And then you've got Ian Rappaport saying, actually, I would be really surprised if the Texans don't take the quarterback at two. DK, what do you make of this? What do you think the Texans are going to do? <laughs> I don't get how Schefter could know this. I guess unless he has like really strong reporting that both the Texans and the Cardinals don't want to move. They don't want to trade at all, even though it sounds like both teams do want to trade back. So I don't understand how he knows that neither team will trade back and someone will come up for a quarterback because he's saying essentially Schefter is reporting. He does not see it going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback early in the draft. 
And I'm like, I, I just don't understand how he could know that and report that with any confidence. So that's where I am. But we'll see. I, he, you know, obviously he's an extremely plugged in guy, um, but it just seems like there's too many variables <laughs> to keep track of for that to be the case. I think the single best part of this entire process has been how horribly bag holding the Cardinals are going to be if they have to pick it three. <laughs> this team has one good player currently on the roster. His name is Kyler Murray. He's probably not going to play for he's them for much hurt. longer, but he's there. The only position which like, yeah, we got our guy. We're good. Which isn't even true is quarterback, but they want to pick a guy next year. They want to go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever. And they're there at three and they had that leak a couple weeks ago where they were like, oh, so many teams are calling us, man. Just, a, just an exhausting number. Oh, six teams have called us. Oh, please stop calling us. So many calls to the third overall pick. And now it's like, oh, the Cardinals might have to stay and take just like a kind of good defender because <laughs> everybody knows that the quarterbacks are going to make it past them. It, the, the Texans at two failing to get the Panthers deal done at one, but when it was the Bears pick and and miss a, you know a misreading or or not being aggressive enough, and basically the fact that they only want Bryce Young and the team that's now one of the first to roll pick wants Bryce Young. The Texans at two and then the Cardinals at three with their leaks and then with the, with the debates there. If those two teams actually have to stay and select, it's really awkward for both of them. I think the Texans have to pick a quarterback. I think you can do as much theory as you want. It's much like, oh, we really like Will Anderson. Oh, so exciting for Will. This, you can say as much as you like in your scouting meetings, right? In, in, your, in your personnel department. The second the owner gets involved... Oh, Davis Mills for another year? Yeah, no, you're going to pick a quarterback. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. You know, every, not Bryce Young, I feel so bad for you. Go get me somebody who I can who I can market and get excited about. I think that there's no way they can't take a quarterback at two. So to be clear, you're saying Schefter's wrong. I can't remember which one has which take. <laughs> Schefter says... I always, I always conflate the two of them. I need one of them to have a different hair color is the moral of the story. Schefter, for me, I can't remember which one's which sometimes. Um, yes, Schefter thinks... They're not taking a quarterback. Right. He's, he's confidently reporting that there's only going to be a Basically, he's saying it's Bryce Young, number one, and then there's going to be the other two guys are not going off the board right away. I just can't understand. I can't fathom the idea that the Texans are just going to come back with Davis Mills. I, there's no way in hell that happens. So in my, I'm doing another mock draft this week, and I, this is, I'm not the first person to think of this, but they also have the 12th pick. And so I've got them taking Will Anderson at number two, and then trading back up a couple spots with the Eagles to number 10 and taking Will Levis. Uh, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert for people who haven't read my mock draft yet. But yeah, like to me, they have other options. It's not just quarterback or bust. In other words, at number two, it's like they can take a quarterback at number 12 if they think one of those guys that they like is going to fall. And by the way, there's been some connections with Levis and the Texans. Right now, Will Levis is the favorite to go to overall. And that yeah. was not true 48 hours ago. Wow. Interesting. Really? DK, yes. what you're saying is extremely possible. I think the Texans are totally might look at the board and be like, well, why, why should we, let's just have our cake and eat it too. take Will Anderson. And then let's just let Will Levis fall and we'll d get both. And when the giants pick Daniel Jones, the, a lot of people wanted the giants to do that. Cause they're like, well, Daniel Jones isn't worth the sixth pick, but the giants are also picking 17th. So just take him later. And even then, and I didn't like Daniel Jones as a prospect. I think this is insane. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's actually crazy to be like, we think this guy, Will Levis, can be the future of our franchise, but we'll also just let him hang in the balance for 10 picks, right. possibly floating to one of our division rivals. Because we want him to, how do you sell someone who's like, this is the face of our franchise, buy season tickets, this guy's going to lead us to the promised land. Also, we kind of weren't that worried that anyone else would take him. 
I, I just, it's kind of insane to me. I get the idea if the yeah. Texans are just like D'Amico Ryans came from the Niners and the Niners built everything around and then dropped a quarterback in the middle of it. That argument I get where they're but like, is D'Amico calling, is D'Amico calling shots? D'Amico's a first year head coach. He's the third first year head coach in a row. And Nick Casario's been the GM the entire time. Well, there's a rumor, there's rumors that Nick Casario, the GM of the Texans might get fired after the draft, which is kind of fascinating. I mean, Jack Easterby, who brought Casario to the Texans, got fired last year. So I don't know what's going on in Houston, but overall, I'm still kind of like, take a quarterback. Also, right now, it's Stroud is, is favored to be the, uh, of the quarterback, Stroud is favored to be the number two overall pick on FanDuel. And oh, Levis so it is swung back. right after him. I can promise yeah. you that, that Will Levis at one time was up there. Because um, he's got tickets. <laughs> Hello. No comment. Exactly. <laughs> I would never. No, I've joined Solak in the ticket. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I might along with Fandle, Solak have some stuff and Will Levis. Fandle, if you're listening, Fandle, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Last year, <laughs> we could parlay first round picks. So you could take like Lewisine and Dax Hill and whoever to go first round. You could parlay all those. That has yet to happen this year. I would like to give you my money, FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> Big fan of FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's get that that rolling again. And that's what I'm going to do for the next nine days before the first round, which guys, we're like 10 days away. It's, it's crazy. It was almost here. It's a perfect segue, Solek, because today we're going to do the green room invites. And if you ever watch the draft, you know, the guys show up to the draft, they got the suits, they go hug Roger Goodell, and they wait in the green room. But some guys wait a really long time. Like un- uncomfortably long time. A lot of close-up camera shots. <laughs> Sweat. A lot of bullets. distressed family members. It's not good. I always think about Brady Quinn, but I forgot last year that Malik Willis and Nicobe Dean were invited oh. to the draft, and they went in the third Brutal. round. So this is an interesting point. Like, remember how we all thought Malik Willis was going to be a first-round pick? Like, it wasn't just draft Twitter, for the record. The NFL invited him to the first-round thing. So, <laughs> so just with that saying. note... So even the NFL doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. That's the thing. So we're going to fix this process. We're going to make sure no one gets embarrassed. We're going to send out our invites for the 2023 NFL draft. No, nothing could go wrong here. No, nothing could go wrong. So we're going to just figure out exactly who's going to go. And we're going to we're going to go through the list. We're going to go. It's like, I don't know. It's like a wedding. It's like you do your locks. Right. And then you kind of like, you know, the people on the border. And then we're like, all right, we're going to fill this out. Craig's going yes. through this right now. That's, I'm familiar yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So I'm going to just. Read through my list of the guys that I think are like locks for the first round. I'm just going to go position by position. This is not like the order they'll be taken, but just at each position, the locks. If any of you guys disagree, please speak up and forever hold your or forever hold your peace. And then we're going to go get into like the fringe guys. But just going position by position, like these yeah. are the guys I think are locks to go in the first round. Like they're getting invites. We're, we're going to go to the tailor, get your suit. Quarterback, it's Bryce Young from Alabama, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, Anthony Richardson from Florida, Will Levis from Kentucky. Those guys are locks. Running back, it's just Bajon Robinson from Texas. Yep. Re- receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Quentin Johnson, TCU. But Ben, do you think Quentin Johnson's a lock to be round one? No. Maybe let's take him and put him down a notch. Yeah, okay. Zay Flowers. Yeah. I would say Zay's more likely to go round one than, than QJ at this point. Yeah, okay. We said more likely, though. If you have so to hesitate, it's a lock. lock we can take not, Zay I have I have bets on Zay Flowers to be the first uh, wide receiver taken. I have bets on Zay Flowers under draft position at 22 and a half. I think Zay's going around. Let's one. call him a lock. Let's call him a lock. Okay. Lock for Zay Flowers. Tight end, I've just got Dalton Kincaid from Utah and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame as locks mm-hmm. in the first round. Yeah. I got the four offensive tackles. So it's Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, Broderick Jones from Georgia, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Just, those are the only locks I have at O-line. I'm fine with that. Defensive tackle, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And then pass rushers, I got Will Anderson from Alabama, Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, Nolan Smith, uh, Georgia, and Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Here's my thing with Van Ness. Like, my, all of my opinions aside, we did a huge Lucas Van Ness. Oh my gosh, he's so good. He's going to go super early, like three months ago. And then since then, nothing. Which I, <laughs> It's just weird to me. Like, I don't right. understand where that went. Like, he just now gets thrown in the first round of mock drafts because we've been doing that for a while. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant on Ness, but I'm fine if we leave him. Somebody, so I can't, forgive me again, I can't remember who said this, but somebody was saying if there's one quote-unquote like big name guy that's going to fall out of the first round, it might be Van Ness. Okay. And so, so not a lock. It, like if we so, change lock from gun to head, I wonder if this changes your guys' like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Zay Flowers calculus out. on this. <laughs> like okay, gun to head Zay Flowers? Like, right. Or is he just a but lock? They're supposed to be the that we're downgrading him. If there's hesitation, it's not a lock. Well, no, this is not a life and death situation. This is the guy in the green be. room. Who cares? Let's go. It's this, a lock. That's <laughs> what it means. We got to we gotta take a stand on some of these guys or else there's like four guys that we feel gun to head are going to be first rounders. <laughs> well, no. All right. So the corner, and then the, finish out the locks here. Corner, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Devin Witherspoon yeah. from Illinois, and then Joey Porter Jr. Penn State. So yes. with, we, we moved down Van Ness and we moved down Quentin Johnson. That's only 20 guys that were like locked on. And then I've got this 20 is a lot. Period. I feel That's good about us. We did a good job with this. Yeah. 20, <laughs> I would have, I would, if I were doing it myself, I probably would lock fewer than 20, but I'm a scared little boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, wait, Ben, last year, your mock draft, how many players did you get correctly going in the first round? Uh, I can check my Roughly. huddle report score, which I will only bring up if it's better than DK's. Um, I don't think I, I didn't do that because <laughs> I love just breezing through these these picks and it's just already landing on 20 guys who are locks. And like maybe is that like an extremely high number? Yeah, 20 I mean, is like, actually a lot. I feel like so which of these guys fall round. out? Let's more so, thoroughly okay, so examine last, this. So, so last year, the best mock draft scores like the, the the best mock drafters got 29 of the 32 first round picks correct right when they when they submitted their final mock um you only see a couple that have that i got last year 27 of the 32 first round picks correct i only got six team to uh to, to player correct right so i only had six perfect matches yeah. um that was tied for the 71st best score of all the mocks that they got which they get like Oh, about 200. So I was like, you know, like upper, upper half, but, but not, not, not incredible. The best, the best mockers, like uh, Ben Stadig of, of, of the, uh, of the athletic who typically does a really, really good job year over year. Good guy to read his mocks when we get close. Uh, he got 10 team to player matches. Correct. So people wow. get like the best mocks get like less than one third of the picks. Exactly. Correct. It's hard to do. I'd like for it to be known overall. I'm a top 30 mock drafter on the entire board. Okay. Average score of 40. You guys can go ahead and put that in your pipe. And smoke no, you're it. very good at this. Last year was not a great year for me, sadly. So I like to pipe in here real quick. I, I am looking at my mock draft from last year, which I didn't get a ton of team and player connections. Correct. However, I did get 30 out of 32 first rounders. Correct. I missed 30. 30. I, I had Malik Willis. Is that like number one? It would have been it's, last year if DK submitted. <laughs> you just My didn't bad. submit DK. You like well, ran a marathon like <laughs> side by side with the other marathoners and you would have won. You like, <laughs> right, doing, the race, look, I'm doing this for myself. All right. I'm not doing this for external what? validation. You guys, uh, the, I think if I submit again this year, if I try to do this year, I'll get like four, right? I'll, I'll probably be like literally dead last in this. Uh, this year's going to year, be a great year because nobody <laughs> has any idea what the heck is going on. It's going to be chaos. Yeah. I can't wait. Scott Barrett uh, had a funny yeah. tweet saying, after thousands of hours of meticulous research, here is my official mock draft. And it says one, Bryce Young, and it's two to 32. I don't know. And honestly, like that might be wrong. 
Yeah, it, it, it's one Bryce Young, six Devon Witherspoon, two through five, seven through thirty-two. Nobody knows. Um, but yeah, this is this is like I think they say this every year. This is something that gets said every single year, and I get that. I recognize this is a little bit of a cliche, but like this does feel like the year where there's just some extremely random shit that happens in the first round because there's so few guys that are in that like top tier of players. Um, and I think the second tier of players, like, so like what you'd consider typically like a second rounder is like 60 players. So there could be like anybody. Sunpod, Adam Schefter Steelers are bringing Rams wide receiver, Allen Robinson for a physical. And if he passes a trade to Pittsburgh is expected to happen. Personal. Oh, wow. Let's fucking we go. go. To Craig Holbrook, Alan, Alan Robinson. That man still what? has a lot of juice in the tank. I, I watched it. <laughs> I still think he's got a lot to go. Juice in the tank. I Juiceless really want to check tank. the. We got to check the tape. Over. If there's I any team I trust know. with a wide receiver, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers. How old is Allen Robinson? The man's 29. The man is 29 <laughs> years old. <laughs> this is so Watch him play and guess his age. I'm so 50. locked in. I'm locked in. He can help mold George Pickens. I, would, I I'm in. very much would love someone to take the time and effort to go back and find everything that Craig has said about Allen Robinson in the last calendar year, uh, especially after the season started. Because <laughs> we, I think we hyped him up during the preseason way too much, it and then he time, just didn't do anything. It's time to play name Rams receivers, not named Cooper Cup. Uh, ben yes. Skoranek. This is a fun game. Actually, this isn't that hard because a lot of them had to play last year because Cup and Robinson were hurt. Yeah, 2-2, Van Jefferson. This in is general, huge for though, Tutu. Rams starting offensive 11 once Allen Robinson is traded. Matthew Stafford handing the ball off to Cam Akers, throwing mm-hmm. the ball to Ben Skoranek, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson behind an offensive line of Joe Noteboom, Alaric Jackson, Brian Allen, Logan Bruce, Rob Havenstein, and tight end Tyler Higby. This team is winning four games next year. Don't don't forget Hunter Long, buddy. Yeah, Hunter Long, who's worth True. Uh, half of a Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> apparently. Also, is Kenny Pickett like the second best quarterback Allen Robinson's ever played with? Whoa, that's a great question. Wow. I'll take it. That's there you go. Something to cling to, Craig. Okay. Wow. Great pod on the draft. (laughs) So first of all, I'm going to go with the 20 locks. Not that crazy. I think the 20 locks are conservative. I don't think any of you guys are pulling any of those guys. out. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say hesitation. If I if I was gonna hesitate on any of the guys, Zay Flowers, I hesitate on. I'd say probably literally both the tight ends. I'm like not a hundred percent sure on. Uh, and that's probably about it. Maybe Nolan I did, Smith. I did have a little bit of a flutter on Kincaid just because of the injury yeah. stuff. Like he didn't. He's test. got a back injury. Yeah. But there's been so much Daniel Jeremiah hype, and DJ is typically a good barometer for the league likes this guy. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Well, let's just keep the twenty. But uh, so. Yeah. Okay. So I will note those, but I'm curious about the next group of guys who are going to fill out the back of the first round, because first of all, it's just kind of, there's just incredible players that always go in the back of the first round. And then also it's kind of exciting when like the next day comes and like this guy, like your team gets a great second round or two, like, you know, like the Steelers, Craig having the first pick of the second round, unless they send it away for Allen Robinson, you know, you never know. I'm curious about which of these guys you think could go in the back of the first round. So we got, I would say probably, but not locks. Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland. Oh, I think Banks should be a lock. I forgot, I forgot we He's a lock? <laughs> yeah, love a Banks. Okay. Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. He's like a lock, but you hesitate, right? Or is he Probably. Lock? He's a probably. Yeah. Brian ba- Branch from Alabama, who's a cornerback. I don't even know what to call him. He's a slot. Nickel. Is that, he's a slot. Yeah. Nickel. He's creating some betting confusion because we don't know if sportsbooks are going to grade him as a corner or as a safety. So like over or under four and a half corners in the first round starts to get weird. <laughs> 
he falls under like good player theorem where it's like, all right, it's hard to find a mock draft spot for him. It's like, who wants a small slot safety? But at the same time, he's really good. And so someone's going to take him because he's good at football and it's going to make sense when they do. Speaking of good at football, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. DK, I feel like we haven't even talked about Osiris Torrance, but good at football. It's because he's a guard. No one cares about guards, but he he is very good. I think he's very strong, physical, like just gets guys blocked, but he's a guard. So no one gives a shit. Brian Brezzi, same story. Defensive tackle from Clemson. It's like, yeah, he's a tackle. He's a defensive tackle. Yeah. He's the number one overall recruit from way back in the day, which gives him a little bit of clout. But yeah, I mean, like defensive tackle, he's not Jalen Carter. He's a good defensive I, tackle slasher, but I don't know. He, he's To me, he's like sort of a borderline first. I have a question about these end of end of the first round guys. So obviously, like when you're looking at the top 15 guys, you can predict that they're going to go in the first round because of talent. No one's going to let them pass up. If one team does, another one will grab them. When you're trying to predict who's going to go at the end of the first round, are you more looking at the teams who actually have picks and what the best fit is? Or are you just still basing this off talent? Uh, talent position, I, I would say. Like pro- profile of the player. Like when when Heifetz said Deontay Banks, I was like, oh, Banks is going first round. The reason is because Banks is a corner. We've seen a lot of co- corners go end of the first round recently. Noah Benogany, Jeff Gladney, uh, De- DeAndre Baker, Kevin King, Tyson Campbell. Like we've seen like a lot of corners go late. Uh, late, late first, excuse me. And then Deontay Banks jumped and ran out of his mind. Like you don't get this athlete at this important of a position outside of the first round. It's just very rare to, to find that happen. I think Tyson Campbell is the first pick of the second round. So, okay, Deontay Banks is a lock for top 33 then. Uh, it, to me, like that's that's sort of a profile. When 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 uh, when Hyphus brought up Breezy, Brian Breezy, DK goes, well, he was the first overall recruit four years ago, right? And like that's the thing. is like that's sort of a profile of a guy playing defensive tackle, which is a really thin group. There's not a lot of uh, uh, strong guys. Uh, that's the sort of guy that typically you see like go in the end of the first round. Guys, like teams just kind of swinging on on high tier mm-hmm. guys super super early. Whereas like an Osiris Torrance, great player, one of the best thirty two players in this class, no question. Round one, just like a solid guard. <laughs> yeah, that one's that profile doesn't really fit as much. So that's where it gets tricky. So. There's a, there's a whole other group of guys that I don't think I'd be surprised if they went at the end of the first or the top of the second. And I'm, I'm, I just kind of like want to run through these guys. And I want to start with Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia, because mm. I think that we've talked, we love the tight ends in this draft. Dalton Kincaid, DK kind of wanted to compare to Travis Kelsey, but was afraid that people would yell at him. But Dalton Kincaid is kind of like Travis Kelsey. And Michael Mayer is like this <laughs> classic tight end. I wasn't afraid people were going to yell at me. I'm just like trying not to jinx him, essentially. But yes, same thing. Well, that's fair. But then you've got Darnell Washington, who's like the maybe the biggest target an NFL quarterback will ever have. Yeah. But also, isn't the most refined player? Hasn't had a ton of production. I'm curious. Like, do you think Darnell Washington's like a first rounder? Well, the reason he's on this part of the list is because I don't know. I think he's like a fringe first rounder. I think when you, if you subscribe to like Planet Theory where there's just not many people on the planet that are his size and move the way he does. Like he's rare enough for me to be a first round pick. Plus the way that he can be utilized in both the run game and the passing game as like a blocker and a pass catcher. Um, He's quietly like really good after the catch, like makes a lot of broken tackles. He like leaps over guys. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone as a pass catcher, but the reason I don't feel certain that he's a first rounder is because number one, I'm just not certain any of these tight ends are going to be first rounder. And number two, he just does not have very much production. He was behind Brock Bowers at Georgia. Um, Bowers is one of the best pass catching. He was the best pass, pass catching tight end in football last year. Um, and he's probably going to be a top 15 pick. So he kind of just got buried and was relegated to doing like the dirty work at tight end. 
And so he didn't have the stats that typically you'd, you'd, you know, connect to like a first round tight end. So um, I suspect he'll probably, I, I would say he's more likely going to be a second rounder, but he could sneak in to the first round. I think we send Darnell Washington an invite. Can I ask another question related to Darnell Washington? DK, you're talking about his lack of like literal experience and lack mm-hmm. of playing time, stuff like that. Which position group do you think their lack of playing time affects them the least when getting drafted? That's a great question. I, I think obviously like it's hardest with quarterback. Um, tight end is he doesn't it's not like he has not a lot of uh, experience playing in games. I just don't think he has a ton of production from in the passing game. Yeah, because he was mainly like a blocker. Um, in terms of Darnell Washington. Um, and then I'd say like running back is probably just in terms of the NFL. Like if you have physical talent and traits, like you can go out there and run around <laughs> type of deal. Obviously there's more to it than that, but um, I think they're generally speaking easier to like get on the field early on. And it's nice to have low mileage when you're a running back, right? It's nice to not right. have as much, as much fresh legs. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the question is really interesting, Craig, because it's a little bit of a, of a confounding variable. It's less what positions does less experience matter or does, does having low experience, you know, not affect your draft stock, as you put it. And it's more like which positions see redshirt sophomores come out and which ones don't. Right. Like you just very rarely see a three year, you know, like a redshirt sophomore guard or tackle come out. It's just mm-hmm. very, very irregular for an offensive lineman to declare early. I think the same thing is true for like interior defensive line. You see a lot of those guys just go back to school. It's just nice to be a year older, a year bigger. And like you're not you don't have high velocity collisions in the trenches. And so you're not risking as much in terms of like that that major injury. Right. You're not risking as much in terms of that ACL injury. Wide receiver. You see a ton of redshirt sophomores come out early. Right. You see a ton of young guys come out early because if you show up, you're a great athlete. You're a high recruit. You get put on the field right away. They feed you the football and you produce a ton. Just get yourself to the league. Go, 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 go. You're going to go get drafted. So it, it's a little bit like it's a, it's a hard question to answer because it's not really the question. It's kind of like a separate a separate thing, a, se- a separate phenomenon that kind of conflates the, the conversation. But my first thought was wide receiver because mm-hmm. you'll see just really talented young athletes say, I'm just going to, I've already produced at the college level. I've shown that I'm fast and I've shown that I have hands. I'm just going to get to the NFL and they're going to really develop me. They're going to bring me along. And, and that's how I'm going to go. Like this yeah. year has a couple of, uh, 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 counter examples, right? Like say flower chose to go back to Boston college because of how much, how committed he was to his degree. And like, that's great. But in general, you see that position, I think skew pretty young. Speaking of receiver, another guy that's, I think it's like this fringe first rounder is Jordan Addison from USC. And he's insanely productive, but he's also just small. Or maybe he wasn't even as productive as he could have been. He he had like almost 1,600 yards at Pitt with Kenny Pickett in 2021, and then went to USC and didn't even crack 900. And there was he had the he won the award in 2021 for the best receiver in America, and then transferred to USC with a lot of expectations. And I'm curious, TK, do you think Jordan Addison is a first? Like, would you invite Jordan Addison to the green room? Probably not. Um, it's not that I don't think he is going to get picked in the first round. I just think there's enough doubt over his profile in terms of his size. His size is mainly the big thing. And the fact that his, uh, numbers went down pretty dramatically in, in 2022 versus 2021. If I would have been, if you had asked me like after 2021 and I hadn't seen anything happen in 2022, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's like top 15 lock. You know what I mean? Like he was one of the best receivers in college football in 2021. Um, he won the Bolitnikoff, as you mentioned, he was an absolute like he was wreaking havoc on defenses in that, in that, in that scheme, in that offense, he was getting deep. He was running after the catch, all that stuff. And then in 2022, 
it just wasn't the same. It wasn't quite like the same dynamic. He wasn't as, I would just say he wasn't as impressive. I think you have to dig a little bit deeper and try and, in, or, in order to see him as like a lock first runner, like he's a very good route runner. He's like savvy. Um, and there's a lot of like sort of things like that, that you could like talk yourself into him being like a lock lock first rounder. But I, f- I think the fact that he came in at 173 pounds or whatever it was, something like that, and then ran, and he didn't run like an elite 40. It didn't have the elite explosiveness that you see from like the Chris Olaves, the Garrett Wilsons, um, you know, of late. That to me makes it, me worried enough to say that like, if we're actually inviting him, like I probably wouldn't invite him just because I think there's a chance based on his size and his speed and explosiveness and his, and his stats that he, he may, may fall into the like early second round. Yeah. So right now, like FanDuel, uh, first wide receiver drafted odds, Jackson Smith and Jigba minus 250. Lock it up for him to be in the first round. Zay yeah. Flowers is plus 350. And then the next closest is Jordan Addison at plus 600. And that's why for me, like, like I feel way more strongly that Zay is going round one than Jordan Addison is. Uh, and, and, and similar profiles here, right? A little bit undersized, want to be a speed threat, want to be a guy who breaks, uh, breaks tackles after he catches the ball, want to be elusive, right? So uh, playing the slot a little bit, but also play outside, like similar profiles, but markets wise, we're a lot more confident Zay Flowers going round one than Jordan Addison is confident he's going earlier. Quentin Johnston, who's the, uh, the, the, the question mark there at TCU, he's got a different profile. And that's why, like, mm-hmm. if you made me choose between inviting one guy to the green room, Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston, I'd take Johnston. Because Johnson's 6'2", 215, and he, he he fills a different role. So it is to say that like if you if you take all the teams that could reasonably take a small receiver and put them in one bucket, and then all the teams who could reasonably take a big receiver and put them in another bucket, Jordan Addison's got to compete with Zay Flowers for, for one of those spots, for one of those teams, whereas Quinn Johnson doesn't. Well, I, I think, like, hype, it's your Giants are a perfect example. Giants got Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, some other dudes I'm forgetting. So many slots in yeah. the building. They <laughs> all of the smalls you ever seen, and then they got Isaiah Hodgins, and it's a like, great. Right, when you look at this room and you say, like, if you tell me that the Giants add a receiver, I much more so expected to be a guy of Johnston's mold than I expected to be Addison's mold. Doesn't mean it won't be Addison. They clearly have shown that they're okay with this sort of a player. I just feel like they have enough dudes, and so that's why, like, I, I, I think that Addison's out of the first round. Personally, I don't think he makes it. Uh, I would not invite him to the green room. And if you made me choose between those two, I'm inviting Johnson a lot faster. What about your guy, Hendon Hooker, Solak? <laughs> Trying to invite I'm inviting him to the, him green, to the room? green room. Why, you just want to see him fall? You just want to watch <laughs> him and his family cry? Just because right. you're mean. I, you say this? Yeah. <laughs> Either win because I got him in the green room and that's that's a win for me, or I win because he didn't go first round and I get to laugh at him when he doesn't get picked. No, 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 no. Um, I just personally, like, I want to take Hendon Hooker that high. Uh, not, not the... Uh, not the sort of profile that I look for a quarterback, not the sort of film that I think is first round viable. With that said, uh, I initially believed Tendon Hooker first round hype to be a psyop directed at me to make me go insane <laughs> and leave draft coverage permanently. Right. I now believe it to be legitimate. I think Tendon Hooker has a better chance to go round one than not. Again, markets wise, that is not the case. This is w- worth emphasizing over four and a half quarterbacks in the first round, which is functionally a market of does Tendon Hooker go in the first round. Uh, that is favored to the no, right? It's favored to under four and a half quarterbacks. It's favored to Hooker not making it in the first round. I'm of the opinion that he will. Uh, I think that there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. They're looking for trade-ups for quarterbacks that are interested in quarterbacks. And a couple of people are going to be left out in the cold uh, out of those first four. And then it's going to be a long time watching Hendon Hooker, who 
is graded very highly by the NFL. Just kind of sit there and wait. And that fifth year option is going to be dwindling. There's only going to be a few picks left. And you start making calls about trade ups. I can see him going anywhere in the 20s. I think Hogger's first round pick. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Craig said earlier about like sometimes the guys at the end of the first round are just positions. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, so like, like there's sometimes there's cornerbacks taken at the end of the first round just because they're amazing athletes. And you can't get those guys. And I'm wondering, pass rushers too? Or we just kind of fall out? And DK, I'm curious about the pass rushers at the end of the first round that we haven't talked about a ton that just might get taken by the Eagles or the Chiefs just yeah. because there's a pass rusher and we're on the board. And if you want to go through the AFC playoffs, you need to collect these kinds of people. Yeah. And so I, I would say, and, and when I've been doing my mocks, like I feel like I've just been rotating these guys. but Like they will do in the playoffs if they have to rush the pass. <laughs> right. There's several players that I think have a, a strong-ish chance of being in the first round, even though I might have them ranked a little bit lower, like Keon White um, out of Georgia Tech and Will McDonald out of Iowa State. Wait, no, Will McDonald, you comped in the draft guide to the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> yeah, that's because he spams a spin move. Like, he loves the spin move, just like constantly spinning around. Tasmanian Devil, get it? No? Connection? Yeah? I'm there. Anyway, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, you didn't have to explain it. Was it was just not very funny. It. It's okay, funnier it. now, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, but here's the deal though. He's like 236 pounds, so he's tiny and he's like 24 years old. So there's question marks about his size and there's question marks about like his developmental arc. Is he already maxed out where he is? Um, even though I do think he's a good player and he's an exciting player and he's got a lot of twitch. He's one of the most athletic edge rushers in this class. He can really threaten the edge, um, but there's just question marks around that. Keon White is different, very different style. He's six. 286, 280s. I probably play somewhere in the 270s or 280s. Um, sort of an inside outside guy, but he's also a little older. Started out as a tight end in college at Old Dominion and then uh, transitioned to defensive end, defensive line. And then, you know, here we are. He was a guy that, like, Daniel Jeremiah was really high on him early in the process and he's since cooled on him. Didn't have like a super impressive senior bowl. And now I think he's more of like a late first rounder type, but. There, there was a point in time when DJ had him in the top 10, I think. And so there was a lot of hype around him. But I think more realistically, yeah, he's Kuiper probably did be, too. Yeah, he's more realistically like a late first, early second type because he's really big and strong and, and physical and like he has a high floor, I think. But, you know, there, it's sort of like the Van Ness question is like, what's his ceiling? I was going to read off a couple other guys I think that fit in the same exact mold. Uh, Felix NUDK Uzoma from Kansas State. I think has a solid chance to sneak into the back half of the first round. And BJ Ojulari from LSU is another guy to have like in the back of your mind. Yeah. The, the, the edge class, no one's getting invited to the green room or everybody's getting invited to the green room. But when we get, <laughs> when we get to that second tier of guys, we get to the, the miles Murphy, Keon white, Will McDonald, Felix and Duke, Uzoma, BJ Ojulari. 
Everybody comes or nobody comes. I don't know who's going where. Somebody's going late. Look at the Saints at 30, Eagles at 31, even the Bengals at 29, and the Chiefs at 32, which I know those aren't <laughs> the actual numbers, but anytime I start thinking about the end of the first round, I can't do the math fast in my head to subtract one from all of the numbers. For some reason, it just doesn't work for me. So those last four picks of the first round, there's a lot of edge rusher potential, and there's just like a glut of guys who are kind of theoretically maybe good at some point. I cannot. The fact that Keon White got an actual invitation. He got literally invited. Like he's literally invited to the first round of the NFL draft is bananas. This is a 24 (laughs) year old pass rusher from Georgia Tech Mm -hmm. who was not productive until he was 24. I don't know about that one, Chief. That's scary for me. I want you guys to pick. I'm going to call this the Tom Cruise Award because Tom Cruise, everybody thought Tom Cruise was going to go to the Oscars. It was a, it was a guaranteed <laughs> lock. Seriously, because they thought he was going to be the guy in the front row who everybody would mention when they got up there because uh, Top Gun was nominated. Tom Cruise has never won an Oscar. This is his first nomination as a producer. And if it had a chance to win Best Picture, for sure, Tom Cruise would be there. Everybody thought so. And then he didn't show up. So who is like a top 10 guy, maybe top 15 guy that you think is a guaranteed lock but there is a sliver of, of a possibility that he falls out of the first round. Is it Anthony Richardson? No. Will is Levis? Will Levis? <laughs> no. No, probably not. It is hard to figure out. I, no, I think that it's, it's, it's an injury thing. I think that it's yeah, either, either something you already mentioned of like a Lucas Van Ness, or you're talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba, where it's just like, yeah, they're like, he played one game with a hamstring injury and they're like, they don't like the medicals. Or so, like you said, Dalton Kincaid. Where it's like, you know, I think they always like learn those kinds of things. Yeah, I was going to say, the only, I, I feel like on this list, they're being very conservative on this list, by the way. Like Keon White, to me, looks like the most likely guy that is the last person in the green room. But none of these guys really have that strong of chance, I feel like, of falling out of the first round. Like unless there's an injury situation that we do not know about or there's like a gas mask bong situation, you know, on Thursday night. <laughs> um then these guys do, it does feel pretty strong like most of these are locks. Yeah, if you had to make me guess, of the 17 that got actually invited, I would say Keon White is definitely the most likely to to fall. Jordan Addison, I would say, is the second most likely to Mm -hmm. fall. The name that I will say that like I just could see falling and everybody is surprised by it is Joey Porter Jr. I would be shocked just because he is an NFL uh, legacy, right? Like, I, I think that, like, because of his name, the, literally. Yeah. People, you get to 26, <laughs> yeah. like, I can drop Joey Porter Jr.'s kid. Like, let's go. Yeah. But you just don't hear a lot about him, right? Like, yeah, like, Witherspoon Gonzalez, obviously, the features. You hear a lot about Deontay Banks. Like, like the league, I think, is really high on Banks. And I think, like, the, the media is there on, on Banks as well. Porter Jr. is just kind of like, yeah, because he's a first rounder. It's like, okay. If he was named Jeff Smith, where would he go? I still think back into the first round. But, uh, I, I I can't say that like the Porter Jr. hype has been like, you know, oh, Porter Jr. is taking meet with the Ravens. Oh, like here's their board at at this, you know, for this position. And like, oh, like, you know, the Jaguars at 26 are interested in Joey Porter Jr. Like you just haven't gotten a lot of that. And and those are like teams in the 20s who are going to have corner picks. I don't know. I could see Porter Jr. being a weird draft night slide. Get mm-hmm. out of the first round. I don't know. I feel like at some point you're just like, I want to draft Joey Porter's kid. Let's get him. And he's got it. So like, it makes <laughs> this sense. sounds fun. Yeah. The, the Bronny James. Yeah. I get it. No one. That's LeBron James's son. Who's probably going to get drafted into the NBA <laughs> because he's LeBron James's kid. And he's actually not that good. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. We're going to go on to the Cole Strange Awards in a moment, which are the randoms who could crash. But before that, are there any other guys you guys want to highlight that could 
slide into the back of the first round. Okay. Go for it, Ben. So there's there's two names to me that I think could be... These are not Cole Strangers because they're not like names out of nowhere. Everybody knows the names. But I, I they can make it into the, the first round, and I think a lot of people would be surprised. I'd be like, no, like, I get that. That makes sense. Like I haven't heard the hype for them too much, but I'm, I'm fully there. The first is Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs is just good. It's just very good. It's just good at football. And now he's a running back, whatever. Yeah, but like he's also good. Buffalo, Cincinnati, like the end, teams at the end of the first round trying to deal with offensive firepower. These are teams that like are going to be interested in Jameer Gibbs. Buffalo, a little bit less so, I guess. Like they really like James Cook. But like I'm always very tempted to give Cincinnati Jameer Gibbs a 29. They have no f- future running back. That would be kind of awesome. Has, I would love yeah, that, actually. It would be sick. It would be so good. So Jameer Gibbs is one name that I think is 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 important to highlight there. And then the second is Drew Sanders, the linebacker mm-hmm. out of Arkansas. We pretty much didn't talk about off-ball linebacker at all. There's a reason for that. The class sucks. With that said, <laughs> Drew Sanders, all right, is like a Micah Parsons-esque player. Now, that's a very scary thing to say. But he is a <laughs> ex-edge rush commit to Alabama. Yeah. Highly ranked Alabama pass rushing commit, all right? Stick with me. Who then transferred to Arkansas, and in Arkansas's defense, they played him at off-ball linebacker, Michael Parsons, and then they would move him down to pass rusher, and he's mm-hmm. long, and he's super fast. He's like, like 6'4", 240, like similar Parsons build. He can absolutely fly, and he gives you pass rush value. In a class where there's just no linebackers, like I understand that like people think Iowa Jack, linebacker Jack Campbell's going round one, more on him later. Uh, but to me, like the only dude that's got the athletic profile where I'm like legitimately excited about him in the NFL is Drew Sanders. Yeah. And he also can rush the passer. He like he can legitimately line up on the edge and go. I think Sanders should be a first round pick. And I would not be surprised if he is a first round pick. Going back to Craig's question, like how do you find these guys who go back in round one? Profiles. This guy was a like I think five star. Yeah, he and was the number recruit to Alabama. Dude, he was like so like he was the number one athlete in the country in terms of that was his his recruiting yeah. whatever category was athlete because he played in high school he played quarterback receiver linebacker and a couple other positions his dad was like a coach he transferred high schools midway and so he like basically played a little bit of everything um uh, which makes sense like he's just so versatile he's such a great athlete he's got great length he's tall he's 6'4" 235 he's only 21 years old I had some issues with him as purely just like an off-ball linebacker. Like when I was watching him, you know, there's times he didn't look like he saw it that well. And I don't know, but like if you talk about him in the same like vein as like a Michael Parsons where they're going to move him around and have him rush the passer and stuff like that to me changes the the equation. And so I can 100% see that if he lands in a situation where they're going to like let him loose like that, I'm all aboard with that. And I think that's what makes him so interesting. And I do think he probably will be a first rounder. All right, I want to get to the Nuga Awards. Nuga, Cole Strange, nu- the Chattanooga. Who are the strangers who could crash the first round? The Let's just go back and forth here. I'm going to throw one out, uh, and because this is in the vein of Cole Strange, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, like a center. Like if a team needs mm-hmm. a center, there's not that many centers in this class. I could absolutely see a team in the back half of the first round, like the late 20s, being like, "Look, we just want a starting center. <laughs> Let's take this guy." And I think there's enough demand for center and there's like so few guys that are actually worth like taking in this class that he could end up getting pushed up um so he would be i think the one the biggest Cole strange for me is just literally a a, a random center that someone wanted to plug and play in their offense john michael schmitz 
<laughs> he sounds like the best friend in a rom-com. <laughs> I'll give you an even randomer interior offensive lineman from an even less known school. Do I it. I think. Less known school. Uh, Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. Yeah. Mauch. Cody, Cody Mouch. This Mauch. is the tooth, toothless guy. He literally has no yeah. front teeth. So Mock went to the senior bowl. I uh, played tackle in North Dakota State. And then the senior bowl, they kicked him inside because size-wise, probably going to play on the inside. Now, he got his grits cooked for a week on the inside. Like He's just not ready for it. Grits uh, so cooked. he's going to... He's going to need a little bit of time, uh, but like he's, he's like a top 40 player for, for DJ. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, we're talking about this, this interior offensive line class. We go at, at guard specifically, because there's two good centers, John Michael Schmitz and then Joe Titman out of Wisconsin. <laughs> who I actually like a bit, but at guard, it's like Osiris Torrance, Steve Avila out of TCU. Who's another yeah. could, could, could call. Does he have front teeth? Yeah, he's got, he's got a few. He's got, <laughs> he must not be a very good lineman. I'm just um, laughing because Craig sent a picture of this, or Hyphen sent a picture of this guy. Yes. He looks like you Hamish t- from Braveheart, if you yeah. if you're familiar with looks, the movie. He looks like Torment from Game of Thrones. He's got the same hair Lord. color. So yeah, it's I, I I know we're just doing interior guys right now. There's a couple other names that I think are, are are good that aren't interior guards, but like that's when I can see where you're like, what in God's name are we doing with this pick? But it might happen. Joe Tipman. Throw in another name. Joe Tipman. Who do you like better, DK? You like my, uh, John Michael Schmitz or Joe Tipman better? Schmitz. I like Tittman. Tittman, I think, is the advantage that he could probably play guard. He's tall. He's like 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Which, stop putting tall people in center. He's a, a six foot six center? Yeah, he's like Luke Fortner. I think I'm literally just biased because I compared him to Ethan Posich, and Ethan Posich was a Seahawks draft pick that didn't really work. And so... I think mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I see, I, I'm like, I'm not falling for this again, even though they're completely, you know, they're different players, obviously, but um, I don't know the, the tall center thing. It just like weirds me out. Could Joe Tipman and Cody Motch have more different hair? Joe Tipman's hair is kind of incredible. Joe Tipman looks like he's like, what? 33. <laughs> we love an interior offensive lineman. who looks like they're just ready to right now. Just pull a couple kids out of the minivan, send them to soccer practice, just build something. We love that. <laughs> Joe, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin, by the way, and Cody Mock mm. is from North Dakota State. Joe Tipman being a redshirt junior is pretty mind blowing. He does. Yeah. He's a great builder. I like him a lot. Yeah, and um, by the way, isn't there? There's not very many centers that come out early, right? Like underclassmen. Speaking of the conversation we had earlier, like it's very rare to see an underclassman center come out in yes. the draft. So because he's great, he came out for him an early yeah. pick. Um, more names for you. Antonio Johnson's a safety out of Texas A&M. Uh, Ooh, I like that safety one. class doesn't exist. He is the second best one. He is maybe the <laughs> 65th best player in the class, but there's no other safeties. And Branch can't play high, right? Branch can't be a single high player, at least in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, Johnson I can. I can see Antonio Johnson being like a who in God's name went first round, but he, he's a potential player there. Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Big fella. All right, just a good old-fashioned corn-fed linebacker out of the University of Iowa. Really good between the tackles. Not as good in other places. Not the sort of guy that Such I would as? take. <laughs> oh, when the play is behind him, the passing game, you right. may have heard of it. Um, but he's a guy who's who's uh, recently gotten like steam to you around one player, made into DJ's top 50. He's like... Mm-hmm. 
him versus Drew Sanders, like Drew Sanders, like who goes earlier? Like Drew Sanders is like minus 150 and then Tittman is like plus like 125, 135 or whatever. So like implication is that like uh, uh, Campbell has an actual chance to, to go before Sanders and be the first linebacker off the board. So he's a guy who I think is a good, a good candidate in that regard. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, corner out of Mississippi State. Yeah, really he was like on my a, list. Yep. Not really like a new good school. Like he's Mississippi State and I feel like people know his name, but like he rated in at 166 at the combine this is flat like, andy yeah he's just he, he's the two-dimensional player we were discussing earlier where he just, like, turns you can't see him um, so how, how so is a two-dimensional player gonna go in the first round <laughs> right how do you he has pick sixes baby wait did you wait, say flat andy did I, did I say right? what is Stanley? it? Flat Stanley. Flat Stanley. This is like the 500 conversation. We call yeah. him Flat Stanley on the East Coast and the West Coast. They call him Flat yeah. Andrew. No, I don't even. I just made that up. I don't know what that is. You're yeah. familiar with two dimensional Andrew. Um, <laughs> and then if flat you. Stanley. Uh, yeah. If you made me put all my marbles. Uh, oh, uh, Adi Tamiwa Adabaware, edge slash Steve with the tackle out of Northwestern. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Incredible tester. I feel like a lot of people know his name. If you made me put all my chips on one guy. Who's like a general like who that goes round one? Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle at Oklahoma, yeah. would be my pick. Yeah. I yeah. think that the first four tackles go off the board fast. There's the locks that Heifetz brought up: Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, Darnell Wright, the Roderick Jones. Tackle five, I think a lot of people think is Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. My impression is that the league's tackle five is Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Who's uh, uh, another guy? He came out young. He, was, he, he didn't have to declare. He did declare. People were kind of like late to his film. Really solid film. And it is not a deep tackle class. It's really thin after the top. I think you'd see Anton Harrison not just go like in the first round, but be like pick like 21. Like, Holy smokes. Like, where'd this guy come from? Yeah, uh, yeah. Watch his film. He can play. I can't remember exactly where I saw this, but it was like a, one of those anonymous scout things where you interview anonymous scouts. Oh, I think it was actually Charles McDonald, maybe. Um, and he talked to a bunch of scouts and, you know, uh, personnel people at the combine and several of them had Anton Harrison as like tackle one or at least like a first round tackle. I think it was. And I was like, that was like very shocking to me. Um, but yes, it was, it was a matter of just like, he's just not getting any hype, but he tested well. Um, he has like all the traits, elite traits. He's 21 years old and the NFL is going to love that. One thing I was going to say about Jack Campbell I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah has been been noting this. He's like connecting the dots, but he's been training with Luke Keekley, who's tight with Brandon Bean, and the Bills have a need at linebacker. So like the this is the dot connecting is like the Bills taking Jack Campbell in the first round. That's too rich for me, but like it's possible. And plus, he tested really well. Like if you look at his relative athletic score, it's like off the charts good. He yeah, and if you look at like play that, football, he doesn't play like that. To be clear, I'd rather, I'd rather have Trent Simpson, by the way, from Clemson. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's enough, I think, there to think he could sneak into the first round. I tell you, man, I said on this podcast that if Jack Campbell goes around one, I'm going to eat my hat. <laughs> I really don't eat like your trash this hat. Panda's hat. Yeah. I'm wearing my trash yeah. panda's hat. I would not like to eat this hat. I'm beseeching NFL teams to make good decisions. <laughs> Speaking of hats, I have to check it out. The Rocket City Trash Pandas, the minor league baseball team, who we shouted out in a two jargons and a lie. And they have since sent us hats. And Craig... I don't know why you just didn't ask for it, Craig. DK Solak and I are all wearing our trash pandas hats right now. Yeah, I forgot. You guys are all trash pandas and I'm just trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you chose to wear an A's hat, which is like a wild decision, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the trash pandas no. are better than the A's, I think. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time the A's threw a no-hitter? 
That's right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I forgot to reach out about the Trash Pandas hat. I, I should do that. I really want one. It's a great hat. Great logo. Shout out the Rocket City Trash Pandas. How many people would you bring and how many people are you allowed to bring with you? Does anyone know that? Kenny Pickett, remember him last year as he was falling, there was the shot of his girlfriend pissed that he was falling. Um, <laughs> like, what I think is the you rule? Can you just bring right? as many people as you want? I always figured it was like they had a, they had a table of like eight and it was something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, know I don't that. think you can bring as many people as you want. Remember, some people will go, will elect not to take the invitation and they'll stay home and then they'll put like live stream cameras in their living rooms and then they'll like get to have as many people over as they want. That's how we famously got the wonderful, wonderful moment of uh, C.D. Lamb's girlfriend, I believe. Oh, the phone. Picking up, yeah. Picking yeah. up his phone and C.D. Lamb <laughs> immediately taking the phone oh, away. Right. Brutal. A lot of people in the room. We also got a wonderful moment last year, Green Rooms. Uh, excuse me, two years ago. Jalen Waddle uh, hanging out in his green room, looking great, suited up. Name is called sixth overall pick Miami Dolphins. His family starts going bananas. His expression does not change. He stands up and just walks out to head to the stage. <laughs> does not say a word or look at anybody. What? I would invite... You got to find this. If you Google Jalen Waddle green room, I'm sure you can find it. I would invite everybody so that I could look as cold as Jalen Waddle did, just being like, business as usual. I'm the sixth overall pick, baby. And just leaving. <laughs> what did, did Devontae Smith go to the green room? Yeah. I think so, yes. There. Yeah, because there's, well, there's, there's pictures of him holding his jersey after he gets he gets selected. He had like, he wasn't he wearing like a nice thin like red suit or something? Wasn't like a oh, burgundy Devontae suit? Smith got of course it was now, thin, right? Craig. <laughs> An expertly well tailored, fitted. tapered suit. <laughs> it Devontae like, Smith. He wears Custom. double-breasted suits. He's the only oh, yeah, person who right. can pull off wearing a double-breasted suit and not looking wide because Those he's Devonte Smith. He's unbelievably classy. I love. What is, I want to know the cut, like the the dimensions of his jacket, because he has like otherworldly long arms and like a teeny tiny little chest. He's probably like a, a thirty-eight extra long. <laughs> Extra, we extra never, luck. we never made Joey Porter Jr. and all those guys the pockets where they could go on their knees. Right. Like Devontae Smith see, yeah, probably Joey needs Porter that. Jr. We gotta, we gotta get to Kansas City, get to the red carpet, and just Joey Porter Jr. Can we get your measurements? Can, can <laughs> I look inside of your suit and see what size it is? Is your tailor with you? Yeah, at the combine, I want suit measurements as well added to the list of events. I'd love that. Let's get a tailor there. I want to see what you guys yeah, are get working tailored. With. That'd be a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to. This is stupid. We forgot to mention Kalaja Kansi. No. Speaking of weirdly tailored suits uh, with the short yeah, arms sure. and whatnot, um, he's another guy to add to the list. I'm just making sure we cover all our bases. Luke Musgrave, maybe first runner. Yeah. All right. I looked at Kansi and it made me sad. And so I kept going. Two jargons and a lie. Yeah. America's favorite game. I don't think we did this one before. Pennsylvania Towns. Oh, oh Jesus. easy oh, well, Ben's Solak, Solak can't do it. Solak can't I couldn't lose if I tried. With that said, yeah. there's like 10,000 towns in central right. Pennsylvania that have the dumbest names ever. Can we just do towns north of Seattle and, and northwest Washington? No, Solak's not allowed. Also, I don't think we did this one before. Blue ball? No, I thought Intercourse. we did do this. Oh, we did do this? Wow. I, oh, my God. I'm losing <laughs> Maybe, my Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, man. Intercourse. Bird in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Intercourse would be the best name for a town. Can you imagine having to say that all the time? Where are you from? Intercourse. I feel like Intercourse like is incorrect. Intercourse is the fake one, but I really want it to be real. Blue ball, Intercourse, and, and bird in hand. I think blue ball is real because if somebody was going to fake it, they would say blue balls next to Intercourse. You know, they wouldn't have stopped at blue ball. They would have added the S. Intercourse. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was the, sorry, ridiculous. what was the last one? My mind's still thinking about blue ball and intercourse. What's the third one? <laughs> Bird in hand. Bird in hand. I think intercourse is fake. Wow, you're both so wrong. How dare you disbelieve in intercourse? Intercourse is a real wonderful oh little area outside of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is also where Bird in Hand is because Blue Ball is fake. Blue Ball. Intercourse is the best name for a city. I fucking love that place. Yes. I'm going to move there. Intercourse, which is in Leacock <laughs> County. God, stop it. Jesus. Up. Stop it. <laughs> I think so. I think it's Leacock County. Oh my god. Do you god. think there's like a like an actual measurable impact on like property values if it's like your address is intercourse? <laughs> I mean, there's like five people in intercourse, so I don't think so. <laughs> that's I mean, that's more than you'd think sometimes. As a, five people in intercourse, yeah. It's a little bit five people actually. in intercourse. What is this? A key party? <laughs> I know what that is. Oh my god, there's a best <laughs> I understood that reference. Yeah. This is incredible. All right. Let's get out of here before something bad happens. All right. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have questions for us. About, you know, town intercourse. intercourse, questions yep. about the draft, whatever. Email SeringerFantasyFootballGML.com. Check out DK's draft guide, NFLDraft.Thringer.com. We've got DK's big board, mock drafts, Solux quarterback charting, team needs, everything. DK, when is, uh, when's metal draft going up? The week of the draft. I don't know exactly nice. yeah. the date. This week, I've got uh, big video scouting reports on Ringer YouTube for all of the top four quarterbacks for the play oh, sheet. Hell yeah. And next week, DK's got metal draft going up, which is my yearly favorite piece of video content. <laughs> I watched the trailer yesterday. I'm so excited. <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> it's like a Marvel movie now. We yeah. trailer events. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Slug. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for Austin for production help. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Lorne. Thank you, Hans Zimmer. Whoa! Do, do, do. Whoa. <laughs> that was time for Inception. You can't really sing it. <laughs> oh, I was like, like that. major strings. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, just heavy oh, synths. Oh, you Wrong. can do like you can you can do that. The Dark Knight Rises one. The they're chanting that one in the pit. Oh my god, you guys got that one. We're good. Dude, the Dark the Hans Zimmer. It's incredible to like do work. Like if I write something, I can't have anything with words in it. But like the Hans Zimmer soundtrack, the, the honestly, the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels rip as the the Interstellar one and the Batman oh the Interstellar one, one is beautiful. Control. It's unbelievable. I have yeah. I when I run, I run to like epic movie soundtracks. Hans Zimmer is is, is a go to for that one. Makes you feel very fast. Wow. He performed at Coachella. Not. Not too long ago, which probably was like one of the most unbelievable experiences you could witness in person. How does he so perform? He, he performed he, at Coachella. Orchestra performed. Yeah, he brought an orchestra <laughs> with him. That's, That's amazing. So fucking cool. Yeah. That's sick. Who would you guys want to see at Coachella? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Now. I would definitely see Hans Zimmer or John Williams. <laughs> That'd be sweet. John Williams. Yeah. Ooh, imagine seeing the... Has anyone ever gone to the Star Wars thing? Like where they just play the... I think it's the London Symphony Orchestra. That would be a fucking bucket list thing. You know, John Williams has been nominated for like 50 Oscars. Is he still with us? He is. Nice. Still cranking. Really? Yeah. Wow. 50 Oscars? 50 Oscars. What else has he done? What are some Is of that the, the most? Hits? I don't know how many like Oscars people get nominated Jaws, for. Jaws, Indiana Jones, Usually zero. Star Wars, like everything you can think of. Close Encounters. Home Alone. 
Home Alone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter? Yo, I think, yeah, Harry, even did Harry Potter, which is oh, kind of wow. crazy to think about I how think iconic I that. that one is, too. And he got nominated this year for The Fablements. The man is, like, 92. Wow. Just still pitching gas. <laughs> Nolan yeah. Ryan over here. Sorry to Hans Zimmer, just got one up by John Williams on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, come talk on, to Hans. me in 20 years, Hans. Hans. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone.